0: So good, so good. Um, If you were at the community-wide Good Friday service, then you saw something. You you were at a great service. If you were not there, um, be checking our Facebook page uh, for the church. We're going to share that, and uh, it's a great service. I want you guys to listen. Uh, Really good to hear some different voices. So I want to start. First lady, if you'll hang with me just a little bit longer. Oh, you got it? You got it, Ryan? Come on. That's a man right there. Listen, uh, I want to I want to start um, way back in Genesis. You're saying, "Excuse me, what? This is this is Easter Sunday. We talking about New Testament today." Listen, I want to start way back in Genesis. Let me tell you what happened, family. There were two people, and they were created by a father that loved them very much. And something happened. There was a temptation, and. A, a fall happened and what am i describing church family i'm describing what we call the fall of man this is when sin entered the lives of mankind and i didn't understand when i was a kid you know we had children's church and some of y'all remember flannel y'all remember them flannel boards come on somebody and uh i remember sister linda she had these magnets and we were in the fellowship hall that's where we had children's church still back then And she would use the door, we had the metal doors, and she would put the magnets up on those doors instead of the flannel because it was technologically advanced compared to flannel, I guess. And so, but I remember hearing the story of the fall of man. I remember hearing the story of, of Adam and Eve and the snake. But I didn't really understand what was really happening, what was really going on. And... Let me tell you what happened, family. When, when we sinned, when, when sin entered mankind, into our, our lives, we could no longer dwell with our Father. Whew. Let me say that again. We could no longer dwell with our Father. How many daddies we got in the room? Come on, where them dads at? Love y'all, they're doing a great job. Hey, could you imagine? If your child was just out of your reach and you couldn't touch them, what would you do to get to that baby? Lynn, you'd go crazy, man. you fight for him. <sighs> Can I tell you that God loved us so much that he gave it all for us. And that's what we celebrate today. You see, God desires closeness with you, family. Let me just preach for a second before I start preaching. Some of us in this room, you haven't been as close to God as you should be. And I'm not, listen, I'm not getting on to you. I'm just helping. Some of us have not had relationship with our Father. Hear me on the back row, hear me. Hear what I'm saying. Some of us have not had relationship with our Father. Can I just say that the Holy Spirit is saying to you today it's time to come home because there's no reason that you can't come home come on, there's no reason that you cannot dwell with your Father there's no reason. There's nothing holding you back. Nothing standing in the way, saying you can't do this. You see, for a long time, mankind had to do certain things. They had to. They had to go to places. They had to go to temples, and they had to uh, do sacrifices to try to get atoned and try to get close to their father. But let me tell you something, church family, and this Pentecostal boy is going to get excited. Jesus made a way because he was the way. And come on, somebody, he is the way. And so let me tell you something right now, church family. If that's you this morning, if that's you and you say, I haven't been in close fellowship with my father, I want to do something right now. I just feel, I feel a heaviness right now. We ain't even going to go all the way to the end and wait till the altar call. I'm going to do something right now all around this room can we just bow let's bow our heads and I want to pray a simple prayer and if you pray this in your heart then I believe that your father forgives you and I believe that he opens those massive universal arms wide and (laughs) brings you in close thank you Jesus so follow along with me in your heart if that's you And let me tell you something. This preacher's saying it in love. This preacher's calling you out in love. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the work of the cross. God, thank you for atonement. Thank you for redemption. And I pray right now, if there's anything in my heart, if there's any action that I've been doing, God, if there's anything that I've been doing in my life, running to instead of you, God, I pray that you would take those things away. God, I pray that you would forgive me for the sins that I've committed. God, I pray that you would wash me white as snow. And I pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Church family, I wanna do something right now because I believe there are some people and I wanna challenge you. If you prayed that prayer in your heart this morning, you don't have to come running to me after service. You can text me. You can come find me. But I would just want to, man, I want to celebrate with you. I want to slap you on the back. I want to hug you tight. Because you're making an eternal decision. Come on. You can make a, a temporary decision. You can make a flighty decision. But a decision to follow Jesus is eternal. Come on. Amen? Come on, let's celebrate one more time for everybody in this house that just said that prayer in their heart. First Lady, thank you for backing me up. I will, you can, unless you want to stay. But I'm, I mean, look, it's, I might go a while, okay, because I feel good. See, now, I don't know if y'all heard what she said, but I'm going to repeat it. So listen, family, let's look at John 20. Man, church so good this morning. Let's look at John chapter 20. We're going to start at verse 1. So what has just happened? Uh, the, the crucifixion has happened. Jesus has died. They laid him in a borrowed tomb, and they're coming back to uh, do some work on his body. And um, Mary shows up first. Come on, where are all my women in ministry at? That's good. So she shows up early. And so let's read. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark. First of all, first of all, she is brave. Because who is going to the cemetery at dark? First of all, it's against the law in Louisiana, all right? And saw the stone already taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth. Y'all love this. John is dirty for this. And y'all know, John, I don't know how John and Peter's relationship was, but you know that when, when John was writing his gospel, Peter looked over and he said, John, do not write that. Do not write that. And so let's see what John wrote. He said, so Peter and the other disciple went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran faster than who? Peter! and came to the tomb first, Peter's over here going, John, why did you write that? I feel you, Peter, man. Y'all, Peter, he couldn't run fast and he couldn't walk on water. But he, hey, you know what? But he's the one. I, he's the one that I uh, relate with. So, Peter uh, ran faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings lying there. But he did not go in. And so Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb. When he saw the linen wrappings lying there and the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb, then also entered, he saw and believed for as they yet did not under, did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their homes, but Mary, y'all this is good, this is good. Let me just can I drop something real quick? Can I drop something? All let me say something. This this could be offensive to some groups. All gospel ministry begins at this moment. And it begins with and it begins with women. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lying. And they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And when she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. And did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. And I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, "Rabboni," which means teacher. Y'all, there's so much goodness right there. Amen. There's so much goodness right there. I love what Luke says. I put it on the screen. Luke 24, 6 says, uh, she, she says something to the, to the angels, and they say, he is not here. He is risen. And that's what we are celebrating today. That's what we're celebrating today. So listen, my title this morning uh, on this Easter Sunday is Because He Lives. And I asked Pastor Daphne if we could sing that, and I just knew that there would be an anointing. And Man, that was so good. And so my first point today is because He lives, I can face Tomorrow, come on. Can I say that again? Because He lives, I can face tomorrow, family. I can face whatever is coming at me. And y'all know, sometimes you get ready. Maybe you got a procedure the next day. Maybe you don't. You don't want to go to work because you know it's finna kick your butt. Okay. Maybe you got a big test. Maybe you got something. Maybe you finna get married. I don't know. Listen, you're facing something. That was a joke, man. It was a joke. Don't slap me, all right, Will? Listen, so (laughs) you're about to face something in the future. You're about to face something that's coming your way. But look, because he lives, because Christ rose again, I Can face whatever is coming my way. Romans 5 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, brother. That's a ministry right there, what you just did. Mm. Come on. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Family, it does not matter what your yesterday looks like. Your tomorrow is good. Because you got Jesus with you. Amen? Listen, it doesn't matter. Y'all, when we were preaching at the Methodist Church, I was standing up there and I thought, man, how Pentecostal can I get up here? Like, can I get real Pentecostal or can I get a little Pentecostal? And I started preaching this right here, man, that it does not matter what some devil says about you. And it does not matter. Let me get the gossipers real quick. It does not matter if a gossiper is being used of the devil to say something about you. Come on Jesus, when they was gossiping, Jesus said, "Y'all are sons of the devil." Okay, so let's not do that. Come on, community church family, we don't gossip in this house. We love people. But it doesn't matter if someone's gossiping about you, if someone's saying things about you. You don't have to take that and let that impact your identity because your tomorrow is held under the grace of Christ. That's what uh, Paul says here in Romans. That therefore, we are justified by faith, and we can have peace. Come on, somebody say peace. Peace. There's a lot of people all over the world saying peace right now. You know, as you might know, there's some countries kind of having a little fight right now. And we all want peace. We all want peace. But let me tell you something, family. No Jesus, no peace. Let me say it again another way. No Jesus, no peace. You see, when you know Jesus, then you can know peace in your life. But when there's no Jesus, there's no peace. Because he is the peacemaker. Come on, he's the peace bringer. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Number two, because he lives, all fear, somebody hear this, is gone. Because he lives, all fear, brother Fred, is gone. Joshua nine says, have I not commanded you? And this is God talking. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. Do not be afraid. I didn't, God said, I didn't call you to be afraid. I didn't call you to be a little pushover. I didn't call you to run every time a demon says, boo, for you to go, ah. That's not what God called you to do. God called you to stand tall with your shoulders back, and say, I know who I am, and I know where my redemption lies. Come on. Come on. And there's a lot of us, y'all, This is the the most tragic thing that I see as a pastor and as a friend is when somebody gets right on the edge. Let me get on the edge. They get right on the edge. Be careful, pastor. My pastor fell off this thing one time. They get right on the edge, y'all, of serving, of doing what God wants them to do, and fear is a liar, but they begin to believe a lie. And what do they do, family? They back up from their calling, and oftentimes they leave the faith altogether. Fear has no place in your heart if Jesus is there already. Second Timothy says this, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And I love that that spirit is in this this house. Some of us, some of you guys, I haven't seen you here in a while. Let me just get you on Easter. I love you and I love being with you. I love gathering with you. And there's a spirit here when we all gather together, not of fear, but of power through the Holy Spirit, of love through the Holy Spirit and of self-control through the Holy Spirit. Because he lives, I can have those things. Number three, because I know he holds the future, I can celebrate. I can live my life differently. You see, the early church, they didn't win people by having big tent revivals and camp meetings. I love tent revivals and camp meetings. Only problem with tent revivals is the AC don't work real good. And I remember one time, y'all, family, we showed up. My grandma has a picture of this to this day on her refrigerator. We showed up, and it used to not be a parking lot over there. It was a, it was a field. And I showed up for church. Man, I thought I was finna go to children's church, y'all. And it's a big tent. And I thought, dude, we having a circus at church today. <laughs> All right. And then we went, and we went in the tent, and there's a bunch of chairs. And I thought, what they finna do with them chairs? And then they said, hey. We're sitting out here this week. We're going to have church out here. Oh, look at you. Come on, somebody. Woo. Now I can spit. Listen. (laughs) Hey. um, And I thought, what are them chairs for? And then my my grandparents said, we're having church outside the tent. And I'm like, y'all don't know it's July? (laughs) This ain't in the Bible. You know, like. What are we finna do? And so I love that stuff, and it's great. And thousands upon thousands of people came to know Jesus in tent crusades. But that's not how the early church expanded. Do you, know, you want to know how they expanded? Because let me tell you something. Not everybody's a preacher, okay? Sometimes I don't know if I'm a preacher because I get up here and I'm like, dude, what are you saying? But, like, and then and anyway, we're not all called to be preachers. We're not all called to give these messages. But you know what we all are called to do? Come on, somebody. We're all called to live a life following Jesus. And that's what the early church did that ministered to people. That's what the early church did that blew people away. And they began to join the church as well. They said, hey, what is so different about your life? You're not having all these troubles. You're not, you know, you're facing things and you're just walking through it with, with hope and, 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 and a grace about you. What is going on? And they get introduced to this man that death can't hold down. Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Hebrews 12 says, Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, he lives, and I can have hope because I know he holds the future. I was listening to a podcaster the other day, and he said something, and it made me hopeless for a little bit. Y'all, it kind of scared me. He said that uh, he was looking at some, some, some predictions and stuff and said, like, the world market would collapse and all this stuff, and we'd have a big war and by, like, 2040. And for a few seconds, Brother Danny, it freaked me out because I thought, I don't want no war. I don't want all that. I want a happy life. I want peace for people. And it worried me, Jennifer, it freaked me out. But then the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, is your hope in a prediction or is your hope in me? Is your hope in a world market? Is your hope in a brick and mortar church building? I love our church building, but it's just a building, family. You are the church. Is your hope in this, or is your hope in me? And I said, "Wow, God, I apologize. I repent for being hopeless. I know He holds the future. Some of you, you've got people that are running from God, and it breaks your heart. And you get on your knees and you weep for those those people. They might be your kids. It might be your grandkids. Come on, let me tell you something. They have a future." You gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. We sat around the fire. The guys, uh, what we do on Wednesday nights, we sit around the fire and we cook and talk and sometimes we burn our food real bad. It's, it's, you just pray for us. But listen, we sat out there last Wednesday night and, and, uh, or the Wednesday before last and all we talked about, family, was stories about God changing people's life and it's so uplifting. It's so uplifting. So I don't want you ever to give up on that person. Come on, it might be your spouse. I don't want you to ever give up on that person because God holds the future. And I'm not gonna make a decision, Pastor Daphne. I'm not gonna say, hey man, they're too far gone. I'm just gonna quit praying. No way. Because I know who holds the future. Amen. Amen. The fourth and final thing, Ben, if you wanna come back. This is exciting. Listen, I believe that God calls us to live an abundant life. What does that mean? Does that mean that we're called to win a price is right? Does that mean that we're called to uh, uh, have Publisher's Clearinghouse show up at, at our front door? No, that means we're called to live a life that is full of the Holy Spirit That is full of God's grace And that is full of the peace That Jesus brings, amen And so the final thing is And life is worth the living Just because He lives John 10 says The thief comes only to steal To steal, kill And destroy I came That they may have life And have it abundantly Granny Dale, when I think about that, all I can do is get excited. Because God sent his son to die on a cross to defeat the sin that I had in my life. And you may know somebody that's living a life that's not abundant in happiness, that's not abundant in the presence of God. Let me tell you something, family. There's a way out. That might be you And we already You know we already prayed And I hope that you prayed that prayer If that's you this morning And you're facing some things And you don't know what to do And you say God I've been I've been wandering But as we leave this place Sometimes we leave church And there's kind of We kind of leave on a downer We're not going to do that this morning We're going to celebrate We're going to sing that song One more time Because he lives Because it's so good And I want to hear that full choir again Because that blessed my soul man That blessed me But I want you to to leave on this if you want to stand with me. That we live our lives to the fullest knowing that Jesus Christ loves us and that he has fought the fight already. (laughs) He fought the fight. So there's nothing you face that can take that away from you that God's got you. Let me read these four one more time and then we're gonna just worship together. And if you wanna come down to this front, you can. If you wanna sing where you're at, but I want you to sing that out. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Doesn't matter what tomorrow holds. I'm not going in by myself. I'm going with a champion. The second thing, because he lives, all fear is gone. I don't have to freak out and back up and not dive into the call that he has on my life. Because again, he's there with me, church. The third thing, I know he holds the future. I know that no matter what's out there, God's got it. God's got this. And number four, life is worth the living just because he lives. Church family, it's my prayer and my hope for you that you live a life that chases after Jesus with everything you've got. And let me tell you something. He's alive and He loves us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here with us on Easter Sunday. We love you. Let's sing that again, church. Because He
1: lives I can face him.
0: Church family, can we sing that one more time? Because he lives, I
1: can feel-